everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, Security Boulevard, and you're here listening in to a Security Boulevard chat. I've got a really uh, kind of exclusive for us today. I'm happy to be joined by two people I know from the security world, probably for more years than we want to admit to. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be joined by Jeremiah Grossman and Robert R. Snake Hansen, who are the co-founders of a new company just coming out of stealth called Bit Discovery. That's B-I-T-D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-Y, bitdiscovery.com. Jeremiah, Robert, welcome to Security Boulevard Chat. Thanks for having us. Yeah, right <laughs> okay. So first of all, guys, for you know, most of my security listeners out there, I think are going to be familiar with both of you. But for those who aren't, what let's start with you, Robert. A quick background on, you know, up to you know, founding co-founding Bit Discovery here. What What's your background? Um, well, I've been in computer security for about 23 years now. Um, so most of that was spent in web application and browser security. But a couple of years ago, I decided to kind of move into a different space. And I built this thing called Outside Intel, which we'll be talking about a bit. Uh, and Jer came along and didn't think I was as crazy as everyone else did. And uh, <laughs> or maybe he did think I was crazy and, you know, Sometimes it can be funny, busy crazy people. <laughs> and uh, and then we started working together um, on this project, uh, and it's been a, a wild ride already, just in the last handful of days here. Got it, Jeremiah. How about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm Jeremiah Grossman, and uh, I'm not quite as experienced as Robert. I've only been in the industry for about 18 years when I started mm-hmm. at Yahoo as the uh, web security guy, and. Uh, I took what I learned from Yahoo and web security and managing, helping manage and take care of that environment. And I founded White Hat Security, which became very large player in website vulnerability assessment. And then uh, taking what I learned there and I got to work with Robert for a couple of years there. But we've together, we've been doing just a massive amount of research in the industry for over a decade now. So it's been a lot of fun. And uh, as it unfolded, we both encountered the same problem, which is you know, wanting a lot of data to do asset inventory and many other things. And the opportunity and the timing just came out right. And we said, let's let's take on this asset inventory problem. You have a great tech platform. I can do the app, uh, the apparatus to do the UI and productize what he has. And uh, you know what? All things lined up and we're pretty excited. Very, very cool. And and guys, you should I told you this off off you know, Mike, but both of you have been kind of heroes of mine. I've been in security of just a few years myself, but I'm older than both of you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I've always admired the work that, that you've both done. So I was really, really happy to see this announcement around Bit Discovery. But let, let's jump into it. Um, Bit Discovery, what's it about? Sure. Uh, let me kick that one off. So, you know, when I was doing vulnerability assessment for a number of years, you know, the the real core problem that we were solving was that websites had vulnerabilities. We just didn't know where they were. And given the scale of the web, we had to do it at at scale. So when we got into that problem and started to solve it, um, there came two more problems that showed up. One is when you do vulnerability assessment well, you find out quickly across the web, there's more vulnerabilities that can be fixed now or anytime soon. And really no one has a great solution for that. But there's another more basic problem that everyone seems to have, and that's asset inventory. No one seems to know what they own, what they do, or who's responsible for it. And 
everybody tries it different ways and everybody's failed at it for, for since as long as I've been in the industry. And that's the next big problem. I and mean, it's the one problem, the one thing that every security expert agrees on. You got to know what it is that you're protecting. Otherwise you really can't. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we, that's where we jumped into it. We want to solve that one problem. We think everybody has an, needs an asset inventory. So the way we approach it is fundamentally different. All the tools and solutions that are out there are generally designed, they're either, they're complicated, but they're also slow because they do on-demand scanning. You put in a domain name, an IP range, and the process kicks off. Hours, days, weeks later, you might get a pile of, you know, not so very good results. And certainly that's not an enterprise-friendly product. So what Robert did through Outside Intel, which became the technology platform that drives bit discovery, is he pulled together a massive amount of uh, you know, internet port scan data, who is data, passive DNS data, crawl data, anything and everything we can get our hands on. So that way when people do asset inventory with bit discovery, it's a query. That's why we're able to get super fast speed because it just pulls it out of our database because we're constantly scanning the entirety of the internet. It was a very hard way to build it, very expensive way to build it, but the results speak for themselves. This kind of reminds me of the scientists working working on mapping the universe, um, and almost as complex. <laughs> but um, and the internet, like the universe, is still expanding. <laughs> exactly, I was going to say that. Good, good, good point. So, so guys, you know, in all seriousness, a friend of mine, my friend Raj, Rajid Bargava after Interliant, started a company called Quova, which was one of the first sort of uh, IP geolocation type services. And, mm-hmm. and to do it the way they did it, it was a very similar thing. They literally had to map out every IP address in the internet, you know, by uh, B, C class, B class, et cetera, and, and map that to, your, to a geographic location, which allowed you to do you know, geographic based, uh, you know, serving ads and stuff like that. So this, you know, it, 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 you know, it's, it's a labor of love. You know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds crazy, uh, but I, I just really, really have always loved having all of this data at, at just at my fingertips. Um, ever since I first got it even vaguely working, uh, and it took many iterations to get to the point where it is now. But even when it was just barely in its infancy and I could, I could, I had multi-minute lookup times instead of sub-second lookup times, I was still just unbelievably stoked to have all the data and be able to query it and have it even being somewhat reliable. Um, so it might sound horrible to have to map out every single IP address by hand, and that is horrible, and I don't envy that job. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you love it... Uh, like this has always been a problem. Like Jared, I had a very similar problem. I was starting a consulting company in 2005 or something. And the very first problem, day one, hour one, uh, first client, I'm like, okay, well, what do you own? And they're like, well, I thought you were the smart guy. I thought you're supposed to find that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I think it's just one of those things that if you love it, you're just going to do it. And uh, this has been a, this has been bugging me forever. And, uh, so I'm glad we were able to do it. And, and it's, inter- it's interesting about this particular problem because it, it, the process is tedious. It's difficult. There's no book that tells you how to scan and map and you know index the internet. And it, we ended up you know with a an actual real deal uh, big data problem. And not everybody has an insecurity you know or infosec or whatever. 
And we had all compute problems. We have CPU issues, data, you know, data, data size issues, memory issues, bandwidth issues. So that's what it takes to do this, uh, do this, do this right. It's you, you just have to have the data platform uh, in order to do that. And like Robert said, it's a labor of love. It took us years to get here. Oh, absolutely. I, I, and I could see why. So a couple, couple of questions pop to mind, guys. Number one, so I could see doing it one time, right, mapping this all out one time. In terms of keeping it current, though, I mean, is it so you just create a big diff, a diff file, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how the heck do you do this? Yeah, I mean that that's I mean, that's oversimplification, but mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, I just and and one of the things I made a design decision when I very, very, very first started building it that I was never gonna throw any data away. So it's it's even worse than you're thinking, because it, you know, it's not like you didn't then throw away the, the last snapshot and just keep the diff or something. Uh, you I, I literally I have years of historical data, which doesn't sound on the surface like a very smart move, but one of the really interesting features that we haven't exposed to the interface, but it but it is something we could theoretically expose, uh, is I can rewind the internet to back to whenever I want. So if I want to go look at what Hillary Clinton's uh, mail servers look like, I can go back and look at it. Um, if I want to want to look when uh, Adult Friend Finder or whatever, uh, which no Astro Madison rather got compromised, I can go look and see their admin ser- server sitting right there. You know, totally exposed. I'm sure that's probably how they got popped. Now it's not there anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, it gives it gives you some really cool insights into things happen when you. And one of the thing, one of the reasons I really like that is um, a lot of times things happen and you weren't paying attention and you didn't know to be analyzing something at the time. But then it happens and you're like, oh, I wish I was looking at that back then. Mm-hmm. And you can suddenly rewind the. T- rewind the tape. The other reason that's really useful is a lot of people use things like Cloudflare or Encapsula or DOS Arrest or whatever, you know, front end CDN servers uh, mm-hmm. to for caching or security or for obfuscation. Uh, but by virtue of having years of data, I can rewind the tape and just look and see where they were hosted before. And where they're hosted before is probably where they're still hosted. Uh, they just pointed their DNS at one of those services. So I can just rewind the tape, go look at where they were before and connect directly to them completely bypassing that security and caching layer. Uh, so there's some really interesting features of having that kind of data. And, and just to complicate it, the problem just a little bit more, you know, while the internet, you know, expands and there's new uh, web services and servers that go up all the time, just from a website context, you imagine that websites change technologies and add them and, and remove them over time, whether it's Google Analytics, jQuery, you know, they patch their Drupal service or whatever. We have to keep track of all that stuff as well. We want all those little bits of metadata across every site on the on the internet. That's uh, wow. that's what we're collecting because we need to surface that data too. You know what? Just to give people something to oogle and ogle about, how how big? I mean, I haven't kept up on how many sites and IP addresses are actually in use on the internet anymore in a while. But give me give me some scale here, guys. What are we talking? So, hey, Robert, you got to tell about the, how much data we have to process monthly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a little hard to say just because I have so much compression and stuff turned on in terms of actual size. But it ends up being 
per month. Uh, it would probably end up being about 400 gigs a month um, of just one data set alone. Um, if you start adding in all the stuff I actually want to do and I just haven't gotten around to, like for a while I was processing about 700 and 780 terabytes uh, every quarter. Uh, and that got too expensive. Uh, my, my data center was uh, starting to send over some very extraordinarily large bills to me. So oh, I kind of had to stop you. doing that. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Uh, and so... Uh, I had to scale back because I was bootstrapped, 100% bootstrapped at that point. Uh, but I, I, that is where I want to get to. I mean, the, the petabyte scale is is where this problem lives. It's not, uh, unfortunately, it's not one of those things you can run in your basement as much as I wanted to and tried. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a big data problem. You really, need a big really, basement. really. Cool. You need a big basement with a lot of electricity. So it's coming in. Um, yes. <laughs> so guys, let me let me ask a question then. You know, as, as bit discovery, your your target customer, are they using it to discover their own assets or is it more of a forensics tool to see what other assets are out there? You know, it's primarily for the primarily the primary purpose is for them to develop an asset inventory of their own things. Okay. Um, but the use cases that we're, people are coming to us with are far beyond that. So we want any company, if they have more than a handful of websites, to be able to quickly develop a comprehensive, you know, detailed view of their asset inventory. However, if they're doing an M&A transaction, if they want to know what's being bought or sold, or they're working with a partner, they want to do an asset inventory for them, they certainly can. So it's investigations in that regard. It became useful in cyber insurance. You know, the uh, the carrier wanted to know exactly what the assets are of their client that they're about to insure. Um, marketing teams wanted to use it because they wanted to know what marketing programs that they're running that they had or had out there and sorts of things. The, uh, the legal teams wanted to know it. The finance teams wanted to know it. Like there's tons of use cases for it, but we're going to focus on just one. It's for the company themselves. Got it. So guys, let me ask, you know, from a, from a, uh, you know, competing products point of point of view, you know, I remember back to like Big Fix, which got bought by IBM was part of that Tivoli, I think was part of the Tivoli suite. Is that something? And then on, on top of that, the people who started Big Fix, the founding team was a father and son went out and started a company called Tanium, which you probably know there. Yeah. Is this competing with that do you think or i mean i realize they come at it from a different angle altogether the old traditional scan and let me tell you what's out there rather than you know querying an existing base but fundamentally the problem it solves what do you think yeah we don't think it uh it competes with uh, tanium or big fix and i'll tell you why so let's let's parse the problem down there's there's all the things that a company owns that's publicly facing you know, websites, mail servers, DNS servers, and things like that. And then they have all their internal IT and their IT assets that are shielded from the internet, all their desktops, routers, servers, and things like that. Bit Discovery uh, is primarily focused on everything that's public. Um, that can have some overlap with Big Fix and Tanium, but not really. So what Tanium and Big Fix do is more at the host and info, host layer 
you know, OSI layers six and down and not necessarily the web, like where we're focused. And that's the other difference is the layer. So we're looking right now at websites. We have data far more than just websites. And we're not doing much in the way of patch management and configuration. It's usually just asset inventory. We're not keeping track of Windows devices and Apache, you know, things like that. So uh, it's just a different layer and a different focus entirely. You really need both, but it's going to be separate. Yeah, how I how I'd like to say that that'd be different is uh, from the internet. That obviously an internal attacker would be a terrible thing, like really, really terrible. But you kind of already had to make a bunch of mistakes to have an internal attacker. From the external internet, uh, it's just much easier for an attacker to attack your web application, which is why we see so many successful breaches from the internet through websites. Uh, the other problem is uh, in, in when you're talking about the difference between those two, a lot of times the company don't actually own whatever they're pointing their DNS to. Uh, they're pointing it at a mail server, but that mail server is Google. Uh, or they're pointing uh, their website, but that website is uh, WP Engine or something. You know what I mean? It's 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 a third party that's doing it. So you're not going to run uh, any sort of agent, or you're not you're not going to you're not going to probe your internal network and find that stuff. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. It's just not it's not there. But it's still very important because sometimes you'll find that XYZ has a vulnerability, and you're like, oh my gosh, which one of my sites is running XYZ? Uh, or you know where or where where are we using that technology? Oh, it's over there. I didn't even know we were. I didn't even know we were using that software with that that product or whatever. So it, it helps kind of solve that part of the problem of just not knowing where anything actually is, so that you can go try to solve that problem. Excellent, excellent. Um, so. Let, let me, while we're on the subject of competitors in business, so give me a little bit of the model here, guys. How do how do customers engage BitDiscovery? So right now uh, we're collecting as much. We're, we're in a beta phase, I guess you'd call it, where we're giving uh, free invite-only accounts to people so they can test the product. We believe we're about six to eight weeks from uh, a good production release. We want uh, our customers and prospective customers to really guide our roadmap to tell us exactly what we need to build so we can solve those particular use cases. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we wanted to run Bit Discovery a little bit different in the way that go to market strategy that's worth talking about. You know, one of the things that uh, we heard from people out there just in the last over a decade of experience, you know, a lot of people will hate hearing it, but. The last person on earth a an InfoSec person wants to talk to is yet another enterprise security sales rep. Yeah. So we want to be as low touch on the model as possible. We want people to come to the website, learn about the product. If they're interested, give it an opportunity to try it without talking to anybody. And if they like it, great. Give us a call or buy online. That's where we're really trying to get to. For right now, we're being you know high touch because we want people to have a great experience and learn all that we can. But that's where we're gravitating towards. We wanted people to be able to self-serve and get out of their way and get their job done. I hear you. I hear you. In terms of pricing of the product, how, how will that work? Do you know? Uh, remains to be seen. We, we know it's going to be an ongoing service, so probably some amount of subscription pricing. Um, and we're going to... I guess unveil that later, I guess is the right word. We're trying to 
produce all this much value as we possibly can for the customers over the last six months and in the next six months. And we'll figure what a, a fair price and a good pricing model is. That it will be subscription pricing. Um, right. we, we seem to be for competing solutions. We seem to be competing in the areas of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands for other ways to get this job done, which no one really does. Yeah, no, no one, no one's approaching it this way either. So, um, It'd be interesting. So, guys, let me ask a uh, another question, and that is, I, Robert, you alluded to it. Uh, you've been working on outside Intel, which was kind of the heart of the technology here, for, I guess for a few years now. And then mm-hmm. as, as part of the Bit Discovery launch, Bit Discovery acquired outside Intel. I imagine both the people, you, and the IP that you, you had uh, – built out over the last couple of years. And that's that's the heart of the bid discovery technology. And, and the company now will be, you know, looking for ways to commercialize that. That so. sounds about right to me. Fair? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, I think outside Intel is the proving ground for the technology. We, you know, I got it up and working, stable, looks awful. Uh, <laughs> my UI skills are not there. But it worked, uh, and the major the major thing that it has proven is that uh, the data sets, the way they're organized, the speed, um, how they're correlated together, that that fundamental premise all works. And now we can take that out and liberate it outside of outside Intel, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, and then turn it into something that actually makes sense to an average user. Because outside Intel was really meant for an analyst, somebody who was pretty technical. It was meant for me, um, and you know that comes with certain UI sacrifices. Uh, you know, things aren't particularly explained. You know, there's not, there's nothing really, there's nothing really to help the user uh, figure out what to do. And and so much so that one of the core features, the bit discovery, the most important really feature of bit discovery of all is the one where it can remember the fact that you're interested in this domain. That was not never something that outside Intel uh, wanted to build or had any attention to building. So that was a, a really nice additional feature that made it uh, extremely powerful because now you don't have to remember your assets anymore. They're sitting there and uh, slowly uh, getting more and more information uh, on the domains of interest, uh, sites of interest or whatever. And, and, that, and, and that bit is pretty important when Robert mentioned there. There's you know, outside Intel and some of the other tools that are available out there are great for servicing internet data, you know, you know, you know, IPs and host names that you might be interested in. But no one brought that to a, with the concept of asset inventory for, you know, for all the time tracking. No one really had that. So you really need both. You need to be able to discover websites, track them, manage them, and get an ongoing data feed for all of them. And we brought it all together. Yeah, I think the other really fundamental thing that Bit Discovery is bringing to the table that outside Intel did not uh, is a really good external API support. Um, and so this is something I think we're going to be building out and really flushing out. But uh, you know, a lot of people come in just in the last couple of days. I've I don't know, probably had a hundred phone calls <laughs> and you know various different emails and all kinds of stuff. But there's a lot of partnerships uh, that are already bubbling up and people want to, you know, consume the data. Um, but a really good bi-directional API that allows them to insert things into it, 
uh, and then pull things out of it. I mean, that that is absolutely amazingly useful because suddenly it's like, okay, anytime I find something new, I want to trigger an audit or I want to trigger, you know, some tool to go analyze it for me or whatever. Uh, and so we don't necessarily have to be in the security business ever and still give the users a huge security benefit uh, by virtue of the partnerships that we enable. Um, I think that there's some really interesting, powerful things that can be done uh, in that space without us having to be doing the heavy lifting. Because there's somebody out there who's absolutely brilliant at whatever, some SEO or something, who can build an SEO analysis tool or whatever. Do we want to be in the SEO business? Absolutely not. You know, um, one of the other things, uh, some of, I would call them quote unquote competitors, although not really, have some of this data or maybe even all of this data and maybe they found ways to get it themselves. But the major difference between us and them is we don't make any, uh, we don't say this is your data. What we say is this is probably something you're interested in. Uh, would you like to add it to the things that we're tracking and monitoring and put it in a portfolio or not? If you don't want to, no big deal. Uh, and then it's gone. Um, and by virtue of allowing the, the individual to decide what's theirs and what's not theirs, uh, that's hugely powerful because it, instead of it just being us guessing and hoping we're getting it right, it's now absolutely 100% confirmed by the user. So it's it's a much more accurate list. Uh, if we miss something, they'll show like, hey, you missed this domain that was hidden way over here. It's like, okay, great. You know, we you you told us about something that you cared about. No other tool is going to do that because they don't know about it either. You know. <laughs> yeah. So having that having that user input is absolutely critical to getting sort of the you know the book of truth in terms of what you actually own. Got it. So, guys, we're, we're coming up on the end here of our allotted time. We're actually probably over. But I, I got to ask one other question, and that is this. I, you know, I think we understand bit discovery and, and its potential applications, though. Frankly, with that kind of data, you may find my, my suspicion, my entrepreneur's suspicion is you're going to find other uses for this that are equally or is more valuable um, as you continue to explore here. But, you know, you're both giants of the AppSec world, right? In many ways, you were there when AppSec became a thing. What made you want to get out of AppSec, or, or do you see this as an extension of it? Um, it's, it's, yeah, we were there, like, I guess before AppSec was cool. Right. Um, for, no, for te myself, te technically, we were there before AppSec was even a term. It was AppSec. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's really to solve a big problem. I mean, you know, Robert and I came out of AppSec. It's just where our, our career paths and our interests took us. But for me, it's just solving an, an important problem. I think everybody should have an asset inventory. It would solve a lot of problems if everybody did. And it just it happened to relate to application security. You know, the finding of websites is one slice. But it would solve a lot of other problems. So for me, it, it is very much AppSec. But also, I get to solve another really big problem, and that's uh, – that's what piques my interest. It's something that no one went after and the world really needs it. And uh, it's, that's good for me. You know, I guess my version of that answer is almost exactly the same, but I, I really do think it's an extension of AppSec because 
if you if you read like I'm sure a lot of people are trying to be compliant with you know various different standards, but a lot of those standards say you have to have an up to date asset inventory, uh, and I firmly agree that that is critical to doing having a good appsec hygiene because you absolutely have to know what you have before you can go test for those those known vulnerabilities that are already out there, right? Uh, and so to me, this is this is really like the like a prototypical the, the the very root of appsec if, if if you will like the very most fundamental thing know what you have and then you can go test for it um so for for me it's re- it really is still appsec it's just like the 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 beginning like the the root of the whole the whole discussion excellent well jeremiah robert you know i promised you we were going to try to hold it under 20 minutes and where we blew past that a while ago. Um, so we're going to have to call it a wrap on, on this uh, Security Boulevard chat. First of all, hey, guys, congratulations. Really, really happy for you. You know, best, best wishes and, and uh, luck and success with, with BitDiscovery. We'll be watching. Um, please keep us posted, though. Come back. Let us know what's happening. And you invite us. We'll be back. And we, uh, as always, we sincerely appreciate the, all the support. Not yeah, a problem. Thanks, Alan. You have our, you have my support. You have our community support. You guys deserved it. You've put your time in. Jeremiah Grossman, Robert Hansen, co-founders of Bit Discovery, here on, uh, here on Security Boulevard Chats. This is Alan Schimmel for Security Boulevard Chats. Have a great day, everyone.